0: Hey, welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm your host, Sal Interdonado. The Black Knight Nation podcast is hosted by, uh, brought to you by Higher Echelon. Higher Echelon, a company run by Joe Ross, who's a former Army fullback, former Army assistant coach, former Army officer, and he's been a guest on the Black Knight Nation podcast if you subscribe to the Black Knight Nation podcast, you'll be told when we're going live for recaps like this one, the UConn win that Army had yesterday. Um, you'll get interviews with former Army football players. Um, and uh, also, we have some press conference stuff up from yesterday. I had an exclusive interview with freshman Jabril Williams who blocked that punt on UConn's um, first possession that gave Army a 7-0 seven, uh, seven lead. Um, check out – I just wrote a story on Jabril Williams, too. That's up on our website, Black Knight Nation com you have our guest uh seth mendelson's game story up on black knight nation uh we have brendan in jersey he's going to provide his only the insight he can provide here on on our, on our recaps we have brendan here too so um and we'll see if steve anderson drops in, in a little bit but um just check us out um check out our instagram our instagram is hopping um putting up some stories up there putting them up some um videos too um I took a video of the senior day ceremony that's up on our YouTube channel. It's also, I believe, up on our Instagram. 19 seniors, Army uh, uh, celebrated before before the game against UConn. We had Margaret Kite, our photographer there. Man, Margaret takes really good pictures. We're gonna have a uh, we have a gallery already up on our website. We're gonna have more photos from Margaret later on too. Um, just just great stuff. We had we set uh, we kicked butt covering this game. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, and man, I can't wait to talk about it. So uh, we might as well get that started. Get all the plugs out of the way and that kind of stuff. Um, uh, by the way, my Twitter. Um, we still have Twitter, guys. We still have Twitter, right? For now, we still have Twitter. And I'm at up to 8,900 followers. My quest for 10,000 followers continues. And I hope that um, we, Twitter stays around. So uh, let's get to the recap. Enough of me talking. Seth, um, man, when we were watching this game right from the press box, start off, you know, Army gets that pump block and you're like, that's a that's an unexpected, definitely boost for them, right? The special teams play. They get up 7 nothing. Drabil Williams with the block. Miles Stewart re- uh, recovers it on the bounce. And goes into the end zone for seven. But then UConn's controlling this game in the first quarter. And it's like kind of we've seen this before with other teams and also Army where Army ran three plays in the first quarter. I think UConn ran like 24 plays. Um, I think UConn had like 108 yards of total offense. I think Army had like, what, eight or something like that in the first quarter. And you're thinking, okay, it's a little bit of a struggle here. It, it, what's going to go on? You're you you you're, you're not sure what's going on. You're almost questioning if they can pull out this game. And then you see the end result, 34-17, pretty comfortable win. The uh, Vegas guys know what they're talking about. They had Army favored by 10 the whole week long. And, I mean, Army pulls it off, gets a 17-point win. Let's get your initial thoughts on the game.
1: Um, I, I agree with you. I mean, we have to remember the reason Army didn't get the ball offensively in the first quarter is because they had the block punt. So um, UConn was able to, you know, the first three minutes they had the ball. We had the block, the block punt for a touchdown, and then they had the ball for the next, you know, ten minutes or so, whatever it was, well, twelve minutes. So Army only ran, three, got three balls. You know, it was a, a four and out. Uh, the only time they had the ball. Um, uh, honestly, I sat there with you in the press box, and when UConn scored their touchdown, that uh, nice run by uh, – I think his name was Rosa, uh, the the long run, the 42-yard run. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I said to myself, boy, this is going to be a long afternoon. Uh, three minutes left in the first half. Um, I turned to the guy on the other side. I said, boy, this is crucial. Even though Army gets the ball to start the second the second half, this is a crucial series. And, you know, they, they were aided by that per- pass interference call, good call. Uh, stupid play by the Yukon uh, defender didn't need to do that okay like the ball was overthrown um, and that gave him a first down and then of course they they, they drove in and scored um, a, a, the touchdown which you know put us uh, put us up front uh, ahead again. Second half different army team for the first time, uh, they came out and played a really good offensive game uh, while maintaining a great defensive game. you know we you know in the first quarter in the first play of the second quarter, they stopped two UConn touchdowns that were, you know, brought back because of boots oh, yeah. And, they, you know, and again, I sat there and said, okay, in one case it was first and one from the one. Uh, they didn't score. They hurt themselves with a five-yard uh, procedure penalty. Uh, and then, you know, they didn't score. They settled for a field goal. And then, uh, you know, late in the first quarter, early second quarter, you know, they had, again, I think it was second and one, and Army stopped them. And they went for it on fourth fourth and, I think, two, and Army stopped them. And, you know, kudos to the Army defense. Uh, You know, do, if you do the math, um, you know, Army's given up what now, uh, th- 40 or so points in the last three games, you know, something like that. That's pretty damn good. And um, it was a different team. You saw a different team show up. And I got to tell you, you're going to hate me for saying this, but, boy, <laughs> this would be a different season if we were utilizing the offense – that they, uh, that they utilized in the second half of this game against the Air Force, against Troy, and maybe some others. Uh, but maybe I'm missing something. Maybe uh, they saw something that I didn't. I'm sure they did. They're, they're, they're professionals. Yeah. And I'm not. But it's a big win for Army. Um, final thing I'll say is we're now four and six. UMass we should win, I hope. And Navy, who knows? And six and six, given everything they've been through. Not bad. And there's an outside chance if we go six and six of a bowl game, very far outside, but you never know. Yeah. I'll
0: I'll talk about that. We'll talk about that in a second. Let's just get Brendan's initial thoughts. And we got a lot to talk about with halftime adjustments and the like. And, and we have already have some, some people sending in their comments, guys, if you have any comments or questions, or just about questions for us, please feel free to send them. We'll put them on and we'll answer them. And, and, uh, uh respect your opinions, um, Brendan. What your your initial thoughts on the game?
2: So, obviously, very happy to get a win. You know, this college football is not the NFL. There's no benefit to tanking. So, uh, always, you know, always good to to be in the win column. Uh very happy to see a, a good crowd um, in 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 late November. That's somewhat unexpected. Although that kind of uh, that kind of goes with my. Uh, hypothesis earlier in the season that, you know, it's kind of, it's easier for people to warm themselves and cool themselves off and people don't like baking in the sun in September. (laughs) So, uh, and, but I don't know for for me, big picture wise, I'm just like, uh, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure what this game means. Um other other than you know a, a quality win and and uh, you know as you said um you know army army in the jeff Munkin era they're very known for uh beating spreads as an underdog they're not so much known for covering spreads as a favorite so uh that was pretty rare to see yesterday but uh, you know one point i'm sure we're all you know wanting to talk about is i i, I couldn't help but notice that a very big deal was being made uh in the press conferences afterwards that the 75 yard touchdown play was due to uh halftime adjustments um from Brent Davis and it's like okay like why like why is that being broadcasted so loudly is that you know like is that Trying to take the heat off of certain people—is that addressing criticism? All of the above? Neither. Um, I don't know, but I did find that very interesting.
1: That's a good point, Brendan. I never thought about that, but uh, you're right. They—they they, they all made a very big point of that—that that, you know the the halftime adjustments. And you know, let's be honest, that 75-yard run was because the kid, you know, weaved his way through uh, the defenses. You know, he he got he, he broke through the, the line, and then he. he you know, he did what he did. Um, so, and it was very, it was an exciting play. One of the, probably one of the most exciting plays this year for army. Um, but that's a good point. And think Absolutely. about it. Really. Mm.
0: Yeah. I take it. You know, that was a little misdirection, right. Misdirection play little um, misdirection play inside handoff to Braheem Murphy. Brahim Murphy had um 125 yards, a uh, career high, 125 yards. He came into this game and I was shocked. I'm like, I want to check out Braheem Murphy's career rushing yards because I think he's a guy who's been in the lineup for three years. I'm like, he, I believe his Twitter handle is something like Heem1K. So I'm like, let me check if he's close to a thousand yards career rushing in, 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 his, in his career. He came into this game with a hundred yards rushing on the season. And I'm like, man. I think that Brahim Murphy should should be getting the ball more often when things like that come in. But you know, you have Tyrell Robinson, you have John Marshall, and you have Brahim Murphy. They've been like a um like a rotation, like a the top three slot backs, so to speak, for Army this season. I'm like, man, he really stepped up because Marshall was hurt, right? Uh, John Marshall was hurt. He did not play in this game. We found out later from Coach Munkin, um, after the game that Tyro Robinson is definitely out for the season. He's not coming back this season due to injury. Aijon Marshall, they hope to get back. I was going to write this later on, uh, possibly tomorrow. Aisha Marshall is they hope to get back for the UMass game. So um, but Brahe Murphy is playing um with base Maurice Ballon who was a quarterback last year that was moved to slot back. Miles Stewart, who's a uh, sophomore slot back who has a lot of potential. And then for Murphy gets hurt late, late in the game. And they're using lucky Brooks of, I think he's a sophomore. I could be wrong. I think lucky Brooks is a sophomore. He is a sophomore and he was a fullback. You know, he was a fullback. They're using him at slot back. So, um, they're pretty thin right now at slot back and wide receiver. And Braheem Murphy steps up and has his career game on senior day, right? On senior day. Seth, you wrote about how many seniors stepped up in this game, right? Marquel Broughton, of course. Um, Braheem Murphy, Tahir Tyler. Uh, give Jamel Jones a lot of credit. He ran that um he ran that um last late scoring drive in the second second quarter to put Army uh to give Army the lead. And DeAndre Tobias, the senior safety, had an interception in this game. So, I mean, you talked about the seniors stepping up in this game. And, you know, I mean, that's what it's all about, I think, on a day like that. And, you know, um, before I start stop babbling here, i looked look this up. Army's record on senior days under Jeff Munkin. Like, granted, they're not facing ranked teams on senior days, right? It's late in the season. It's November. Some of these games are against FBS teams. They've won seven straight senior days. Under Munkin, and they've won eight out of nine senior days under Munkin. So I mean, shows a sense of pride playing at home. And some of those seasons weren't the greatest seasons, that, right? They've had some some struggling seasons early on. And um, you no, know, good, 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 good for them getting the win. Um, I guess I totally changed the subject on the halftime adjustments, right? I mean, so so Seth, do you have anything to add about the halftime adjustments? Well, or no? The
1: dogs having some sort of an episode behind me. Um, oh, okay. He's been running around, oh. so his oh. name is Mickey <laughs> Mendelssohn. Um <laughs> I apologize for him. I don't know what the deal is. Um, you know, I, again, I'm going to sit there and say that it's. I, this is what we should be doing all the time. I don't know if UConn's a good team or not. I can't figure that out. Uh, they're six and six. They beat a good team in um, in Liberty last week. Uh, you know they've they've won some good games they've got beat bad by some teams like syracuse which has turned out to be an average team you know michigan beat them up um so i don't know how good they are um but you know we should be doing this uh all the time you know somebody just wrote uh, bay Night. um the outside game was faster than pass games what why are we going up the middle as much as we do uh we should be opening up the outside game and then you know go up the middle when you know you see fit and you know add a little passing in there um, I, I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. You know what, what, the, what the strategy is before this game,
0: and. Um... You well, know we mentioned how the outside game could also set up the inside game, right? We also mentioned it's uh, not uh, just uh, dive, 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 set up pitch. It's, it could be also, hey, get it on the outside, make them aware you got some threats on the outside, and then maybe that opens up the inside. But that's me who's never coached a college football game in my life. So
1: and nor have I, nor have I, but you know I've I've been to a million college football games in my life. I think I know the game pretty well for you know somebody who hasn't coached and um you know, I I don't get it. I mean, this is what the Army success, um, as with the other uh, service academies, is. You know, have is speed because you can get you can recruit speed at West Point. You can't necessarily recruit size and weight. You know, it's harder to get because of the requirements. But speed, there's nothing that says you can't get a kid who's super fast. You can't. You know, you can't do that. And and in fact, you're getting athletes a lot of times at West Point just to go to school there. Um, you have to be well-rounded. Uh, you know i don't understand why we haven't tried this before it worked yesterday it worked it surprised me i you know I, I had us losing this game we talked about this i wrote it in the you know in the pixel with you last week i did not think we were going to win this game and not only 5 to
0: 10 or 35 to 10 or something what was your score i
1: think it was something like that yeah i 35 i, I to
0: 20 or something
1: like that i thought they were going to blow us out and in fact we blew them out and kudos kudos to everybody on that coaching staff and of course the players who do it um but boy i wish we would have done this before we wouldn't be staring at four and six now maybe we'd be six and four or something like that and i know can't yeah. we, we look back but i'm looking back That's i also
2: cool. i mean i i also think alternatively had they you know had they started with anybody else but coastal and utsa and kind of like add a little more time to uh, adjust like adjust to the team they have and um kind of ease ease into uh ease into the cold water as it were i think this season might have gone uh significantly differently but uh, i mean again the, the fact that they the fact that there was such a point made uh in the press conferences of like oh like this this play came from a second uh, or, or uh, from a halftime adjustment and it's after after two weeks where they were shut out in the second half it's like okay so you can do this or is this unusual or is this what you try to do and it just hasn't been working it's like like it opens (laughs) it opens so many more questions than, than you resolve just by making that statement
0: Yeah, where was this? Where was this in the second half? You know, yeah, they're playing teams, at least an Air Force team that's kind of familiar with what they're running. But Troy? I mean, you could have made. You could have certainly open it up a little bit on that final drive against Troy to move the ball a little bit closer for a field goal. Some people I, I hear from say, you know, if you're an if you're a Division one kicker, you got to make those forty one, forty two yard field goals. You know, that's those those should be academic for you. But um, that's 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 a little bit in the past. But yeah, Troy, you know. Troy didn't beat us. We lost
1: to Troy yesterday. We beat UConn. UConn didn't lose to us, okay? And, and, and that's and, and I can say the same thing about Air Force, okay? We – you know, and I put this on the coaches. I don't put this on the players. Um, we – West Point, to be successful, has to use what they uh, have to their advantage, and that's, you know, innovative – an innovative offensive approach that keeps everybody off balance. In previous games, we knew if it was third and two or second and four – they're giving the ball to the fullback or the or the quarterback up the middle, these dives. Yesterday, second half especially, we saw a different plays. It was more exciting as a fan. And Sally, you and I are both fans, you know. Uh you know, we were there together. I know all three of us are fans. But geez, come on, um uh you professional. know professionals, professionals, Seth. I'm a professional. We're still fans. We're still fans. We're rooting for this team and we want them to to do well. And um, you know, it was exciting. It was an interesting game. You know, you know, yep. let's you know, and you know, we let's not also discount the fact that those two ten 10 years ago before instant replay, army's losing the game 21 to seven, <laughs> you know, and it would have yeah, been, a different yeah, game. and you know, and you know, fortunately, instant replay correctly changed the plays and
0: they didn't yeah. score. Sometimes, so you, sometimes you wish they could just get the call right on the field, sometimes, right? But sometimes you do let the Calls, uh, let the plays play out. Right. So you, then you can go to instant replay just to get, kind of give it a bit of double check. Uh, Bay Knight said UConn ran a wide receiver screen in the third and the guy cut back to the middle and ran into a wall of Army defense. A big statement along with the goal line stance. I mean, quite honestly, right at the beginning of this game, Army's tackling was not good at all in the first quarter they were missing a lot of tackles they were over pursuing guys and they really those goal line stands really kind of straightened them out a little bit I know um you know Mark Mark I can't say enough I want to write a column about this I cannot say enough of Mark Brown. I mean what he brings to the field for this team uh the passion that he brings to the field the leadership that he brings to the field man it was it was definitely evident during uh I wanted to come up with a better word, but definitely showed on Saturday against UConn. I mean, he is the heartbeat of this team, not just off, not this full team, right? I mean, God. Um,
1: I got it. He, God gave, I right. he gave me one of the best quotes I've had in the last five years, which we used, which the quote was, you know, I looked at my teammates eyes and I can see they weren't going to fold, They weren't going to quit that quote, which is in my story. That's a great quote. Here's a 22 year old kid you know, you know, saying this, I am so impressed with him too. I didn't know much about him before the season. And, you know, on the field, he's great. When he got injured, you you saw the emotion and he couldn't go back into the game against, uh, against Air Force and sat out against uh, Troy. Uh, And then you see after the game and he's been in, I think, three press conferences now with me. Um, You know, I'm just super impressed with this kid. This kid's going to be a leader. Um, I wouldn't be surprised in 20 years. from Now we hear general, and, you know uh, and who knows maybe he'll be yeah. the superintendent at West Point wouldn't shock me would not shock me this kid's a leader and kids I'm sure other people are going to f- follow him they probably follow him now at school I know he has some sort of a uh, leadership role right at West Point
0: regimental commander yeah one of three um yeah, yeah. regimental commanders I'm sure yeah. That these people the kids lead uh, will
1: follow him and they yeah because this 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 kid's a winner you know, and you know, I mean, I don't know if he has an NFL career ahead of him or anything like that, but he certainly has a great military if he wants it, you know, the long haul. And again, I, think, uh, I I think, I think
2: they ahead, mentioned Brandon. it, uh I think they mentioned it on both radio and TV because I because I, I listened to the first half on radio uh and then watched watch the second half uh on TV at home. And I, I think I think both places mentioned it that last week. Cause he sat out against Troy and he actually like put on a headset and was like helping with the defensive calls. He did. Yeah.
0: You know, I mean, that was the first game. He said that was the first game he missed in his football career ever. That was the first game he missed ever and so he you know a guy like that has the passion to play the sport he's gonna throw on a headset and a guy like that has the passion to play this game look at what how he played in this game against UConn he was one of the difference makers that third down pass in the end zone that was a little odd call like throwback call he knocks the ball away he I mean when guys are making fourth down stops he's the first one there to like celebrate with them Jabril Williams right told me well actually brought Broughton told me as soon as Jabril Williams blocked that punt one of the first person people he saw when he ran to the sidelines was Broughton and thanked him for encouraging him to to get after in practice to say hey you're gonna get one of these eventually in the game freshman senior I mean Jabril Williams is a scout team player for most of the season, and Markel Broughton has taking the time to talk to Jabril Williams and, 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 and build them up, build him up. I don't think you really – this is my personal opinion. I wish Steve Anderson was on this podcast. There's been a lot of great captains at Army in my time covering the team since 2007, right? Steve Anderson is one of them. I would put Markel Broughton right up there at the top of captains for an Army football team that I've seen – with in the program since, so that's uh you know I I'm trying 15 years 15 years I've I've followed the team closely. He's probably the best captain I've ever seen. Probably the best captain I've ever seen. I don't think that's an understatement, Grant. And it's just incredible, incredible. I just wanted to get that out there. I really want to write a column about it. Um, hopefully I have enough time to do it. And because I think it's definitely. Deserved. I mean, I I just so impressed. And Seth, during the press conference, right? He's a little choked up at the beginning. There was a, he was very emotional at the beginning. It, sure. it looked like he was like, I mean, this going it was out. was game. I think it was an important win for all of them. I think that they were
1: down on their luck over the last few weeks. You know, uh, uh, Munken said something interesting that you know in the past Armies won some really close games. They got a couple of breaks that went the Army way, and this year. We've had a couple of breaks have gone against Army. Suddenly, these guys come out. They didn't just win the game; they blew out a bowl, a, a team that probably is going to a bowl game. I assume they're going to go to a bowl game. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that there was a lot of pride in that. You know, senior day. You know, the fact that Mikey is going to look different starting next yeah. year. Um, the 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 fact that they you know they've had a tough season they lost a couple of close games that you know against the, against the Air Force that they should be winning against Troy that's a good team that I saw got some votes this week for the uh, top twenty five I think number twenty eight or twenty nine. Um, you know, I, I I agree with you. This kid, but, I mean, boy, is he articulate. I mean, and I can tell you, they all are, you know. You get, you know, yeah. uh, I was the same way. I mean, I'm I'm just so impressed with, you know, the, these kids and how they talk to us. And I know they're trained to do this, they're military kids. Um, but, but you know, the respect they have for us, the respect they have for the competitors, um, uh, uh, for their coaches, um, you know, you don't see this in other schools as much, you know. And I realize yeah. well, what the service academies do, and and that's that's a great thing. But I'm all I'm impressed with them, win or lose. I'm impressed with these kids every every step of the way, and, um, and it's nicer when they win. And boy, I gotta tell you, Coach Monkey was a you know, in he he loved he he wanted to chat yesterday, so that was good
0: too. Yeah. Um, this is Mark Mar- 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 Broughton's mom saying, Y'all having me crying over here. I mean, I I saw Marquel Marquel's Mar- mom be, uh, be on the field before senior day. I mean, it was a really important day for the seniors, and uh Mark Marquel's mom and his sister were wearing his 20 jersey. We have a great photo by um Margaret Kite of the mo- uh, Markell his mom and his sister together. I mean, it just means so much. And you know, I've written about what Mark Marquell has been through in his life and how, like, he's become a leader um, on this football team. And you know what, Seth? We we were walking up the hill to the car, right? And we were talking about maybe Marquell's future and, and could he make, could he be an NFL prospect, right? And maybe he might not be the pr- prototypical size for a safety, but you cannot question this guy's leadership. You cannot question his passion for the game or his heart for the game or his knowledge for the game, right? He, he, The one play he made, I think it was a second down in the first quarter where he spun off a block and made a tackle. It was, like, unbelievable energy and effort. And I think that, you know – yeah they're watching they're at army practices watching Andre Carter. I think they're taking a peek at uh, Mar- 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 Marquel Broughton also. And I think there might be a couple other guys on this army team down the road like a Josh Lingenfelter who might be a, could be a blocking tight end down the road, who knows. But I mean, I don't think Andre Carter is getting all the looks from these NFL scouts and I hope that a team gives Marquello a chance because they will not be like you look at a guy like John Radigan right look at a guy like John Radigan and what he did his senior year and the same thing his football IQ his passion for the game and he is he, he's been battling an injury hope we see John on the field sooner very soon but he's with the Seahawks i think Marquell could be you know start off as a special teams player and work his way up I mean, that's just my opinion. I'd love to get Ross Tucker's opinion on it, to be yeah. honest
1: with you. you did it. If you're still listening, you did a great job. Congratulations, and uh, uh, we're all very impressed.
0: Yeah. So she said it was very. It was his very first jersey he wore when he was five. He started a black, he started a black night and he's ending a black night. Those were the jerseys we were wearing on yesterday. That, that's, that's amazing. And, you know, Marquell talked about his first game at Mikey stadium and had, they had the black uh, pants, the black Jersey and the gold helmet. And he asked his team if they want to wear those same uniforms for their, the senior class, if they want to wear the same uniforms for their final game at Mikey stadium, it was an overwhelmingly vote of yes. And I mean, man, Got two more games at least with Marquell. Mark he had another. He had twelve tackles in this game. Like we said, tackle for loss. Now, I believe it was his seventh career interception on a play where he was going to hit the guy that when the pass was thrown. Instead, he adjusted to the ball and intercepted the ball. That interception, Seth, was a huge play in the game. That kind of gave Army Army Drove scored a touchdown, extended its lead. Definitely gained more control of the game. And I think the next drive, um, the freshman quarterback from UConn throws the interception to DeAndre Tobias. And the you know the defense gets their their two turnovers. They they win the turnover battle, right? And what happens when Army wins, Brendan, what happens when Army wins it's the turnover battle, right? They usually win games. Well as as as
1: Munkin said yesterday, seventy eight percent of the teams in the in the NCAA last year who won the turnover battle, they won the um that's uh, that no, that's a, that's a stat he came up with, which you know I think is a good stat. I mean, it's that's great, but that makes sense too. You win the turnover battle, you have the ball more often, and you score more often.
2: Yeah. Um I mean, to, ahead, like uh, to to me, yesterday was like kind of like cla- like classic, like solid RV defense, where it's like maybe you know they might give you yards between the twenties, but once you get in the red zone, like they're gonna lock you down. And if they can add uh, like one or two turnovers on top of that, like that's a great performance, you know. And uh, you know, my like my my concern heading into the game was: is the offense going to do enough uh, mm. to win the game? Uh, I figured I figured they'd probably have to score uh, four touchdowns to to seal it, which ultimately is what happened. And then they 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 had the the bonus uh, special team score to start things off to kind of give them a, a little cushion, but uh, yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a team game. It was a team win.
0: Absolutely. No doubt. And you know what, Seth, I remember, I remember being in the press box, right. And telling you, man, I think the defense needs to score a touchdown here early in the game. Cause the offense wasn't going to, do, wasn't doing much. And it seemed like, okay. They, they were a little stubborn to throw the ball, right? They were a little stubborn to throw the ball and they wanted to run. And this was the eighth game in the Jeff Munkin era where they didn't complete a pass and they won a game. So, I mean, my bad. I'm wrong, I guess. You know, I, I thought they should have put the ball in the air a little bit more than they did. They got some big plays. And
2: Sal, did you also say it's the third time this season they've done that?
0: Yeah yeah um yeah
2: like i don't i that kind of boggles Louisiana my like, monroe, I, I,
0: well Vill, villanova they didn't complete a pass i know for a yeah. fact that they and yeah, i think no, um i was like i don't i don't know Colgate, about, uh, i
1: think
2: Colgate maybe but i like um, that that kind of
0: louisiana monroe there's another game this year i know they didn't complete a pass i had it all yeah. written down of course um
1: yeah, I, I I want to take this now a step further, you know, and, you know, we talk about this game and, and the fact they didn't complete a pass, yet they did go outside, they did use speed more, you know, let's, let's jump over the mass, UMass game, and I know I'm not supposed to do that, to the Navy game. Navy knows what we're going to do. Because we've done it in the past, they know our they, they know our offense. We know their offense. The odds are you're going to have a very good defensive struggle, like we did with Air Force, and we came up on the losing end, as we have in the last few years and many years. Um, I just hope that in the three weeks or the two weeks, the two weeks we're off between the UMass game and the Navy game, that these guys, the coaching staff, does everything they can to give this team a, a chance to win uh, with a unusual offensive scheme that
0: maybe not happening not happening set they're yeah, not changing their I, offense you know, this game. i'm sorry say again they're not gonna change the offense for the navy game no, well, i mean I,
2: okay, so i'll 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 offer i'll offer one counterpoint well at, well technically technically too, because coaches are crazy and uh this is not army related but my my high school alma mater this was like uh more than a few years after i graduated but they're in the states they were in the sectional uh title game in new jersey and the second half of the game they roll out a wildcat offense that they have not shown all season just because they Mm -hmm. because they had had heartbreak like a couple years prior and they just wanted to make sure that they were going to win the game but uh in terms of army um it wasn't like it was an entirely new offense, but they had like a a significant um, package of plays when they beat Air Force in 2017, when they beat them 21, nothing, they, they, they rolled out a pretty like pretty robust um, uh, uh, series for, for that game. There was a lot, it was a lot more kind of like read option look from the shotgun uh, for, at least from what I remember, but uh yeah, I don't know. Navy Navy has three weeks to prepare and Army only has two, which is the reverse of how it's been yeah, pretty much since Navy joined the American Conference.
0: And Navy coming off that big win over uh Central Florida yesterday, right? Yeah. And I mean they're getting I think that John Marshall, one of their uh linebackers slash defensive backs, had four sacks in that game. I mean, uh you know what? In these last couple games against Navy, man, scoring's been hard to come by. Their uh defensive quarterback. A defensive coordinator Brian Newberry has done a really good job against Army. So, Seth, maybe you're, you're right. Maybe you have to come up with a little. You got to come up. Let's say a couple wrinkles, Seth. Can we say a couple wrinkles in the <laughs> offense at least? <laughs> happy with a couple of wrinkles. You know what? A couple, a, couple couple,
1: a couple of wrinkles that made sense. You know, throwing the ball forward, not these backward plays that you're hoping to, you know, trick them or something. I'm not looking for trick plays. I'm looking for plays that make sense.
2: Yeah, no, no it, double passes.
1: Right. That, I, I think that, that I, doesn't take us out. You know, I don't want to see a third and 12 because of some stupid play that goes backwards. You know, that's what killed, you know, Connecticut on their second, you know, the, the second drive where they, you know, the touchdown they got, got called back. They did a play that the, the, the play went backwards and it went from, it went from second and one to third and five or something like that. You know, it's like you don't do you go 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 forward, go forward. Hey, Navy put up as as, as Bay Knight says, Navy put up thirty two points, but Navy won the last quarter of that game. They they came back on that, on Notre Dame, and uh, I hear they have a new quarterback in there. I don't know if he played against Central Florida or not, but I know he played um, against Notre Dame.
0: Yeah, Xavier Erline played. I think most of the game, but you know what? I saw somebody post it. I wish I could give the guy credit on Twitter. Maybe I'll look it up while we're on. So I guess all three service academies this week did not complete pass and uh, did not complete a pass in their games in one Navy one and air force one without a completed pass. I believe that's oh, service God. Academy football, baby. Yeah. I
1: love when all three win. I love to, cause I think it's, I think a win for uh, our cost, we're not the other ones, I I think if they all come up, they, they, they rise and fall together. And, uh, um, I, you know, I, I, I love that. So I know a lot of people don't, but, um, you know, I want to see army, be I want to see Navy have one or two losses on their schedule and air force have one or two losses and army go undefeated. That's what I want to say.
0: Um, and uh, we have plenty of time to we have plenty of time to preview the Navy game. As far as what you're talking about, Seth, I think Uh, It's the offense. What I might want to see because we see some of the defensive linemen on the opposition, they're really shooting gaps, right? And they're getting in the backfield pretty early. I don't know if a two minute or kind of a hurry, not a hurry up offense, but snapping the ball a little earlier in the play clock might just keep the defenses a little off. You know, off from maybe they're playing the snap. I don't know if they're playing a snap count, Brendan, or not, but they're getting in the backfield pretty quick this year.
2: Well, I think. Uh, I, I think Army's uh, like, I don't know if I would call it a hurry up offense, but, uh, I want to say it was on the, the touchdown drive, uh, that Jones led before the half, they, yeah. they, they basically yeah. weren't allowing UConn to substitute. And that was like, and that was creating some great advantage for Army. So I, yeah, I would, I would certainly have no problem, uh, you know, taking the offense in that direction a little more often.
0: Maybe something like that, and I'm not saying who, who, whoever's the quarterback, right? Because, um, you know, they're sw- they didn't really switch them in and out. Tyre had most of the game, right? Had most of the game against UConn. Yeah, they brought in Jones when they need to move the ball a little bit on that late second quarter drive. And then once the game was in hand, Cade Ballard came in and he picked up a first down and the game was over. It was good to see Cade Ballard in the game uh, on senior day. He's a guy who who had a big impact on this team earlier in the season throwing the ball, and it was good to see him get some game reps. Who knows at UMass what happens, right? I mean, if, if it gets comfortable, you can play some guys. Maybe we'll see – Bryson Daly in the game too, and I was right. Um, so Villanova and Colgate, they did not complete a pass, in and they won the games. So now that this year, Brendan, so now, um, you can throw in UConn in there too, and who knows what we get with UMass? Maybe they'll just say, "Hey, we're going to run the ball, stop us, UMass," and maybe we'll get the fourth win without a, a completion this season, which would be Do when you have-, have four out of four out of your five wins, or so three out of their four wins now they didn't complete a pass. Yeah, I mean, that's, well, that was that's nuts.
2: Uh, that was, uh, that, that, that was the word I think going into the Villanova game, you know, cause they had been passing so much, uh, the first two games of the season. I think, I think it was like during the spirit lunch or whatever, during the week, Moken was like, we got to run the ball 85 times and pass zero. So I don't know if he does it again this week for UMass, but, um, you know, it's like, I, I think all of us, I think all of us see it the same way. It's like, Whatever, like whatever it takes to be successful, is ultimately what we care about.
1: We all want to win. We all want to win, and we see, you know, as, as as people sitting up in a press box or watching on TV, you know, we see things a little differently than the coaching staff. They know a lot more than we know, but, um, you know, again, we all watch a lot of football in our lives. You know, we we're not, we're not young guys anymore. At least I'm not, and um, I've I watched a lot of football. And you sit there and say, boy, it's all about you know confusing the defense. And the option is designed to take advantage or uh, take advantage of what you have, which is speed. Which is, you know, and uh, you got to do more things to confuse, confuse you got to do it against UMass and you got to do it against Navy. And, and who knows? Maybe, you know, Sal, maybe you want to get into it. There, there might be a chance of two wins, get to a bowl game and then a winning, se- possible yeah. winning
0: season. Well, let me get into that. I want I wanted to talk about that. There, I think we could put the the Yukon. Is there anything else you guys want to bring up about the Yukon game? But then we, uh, there's a couple just random things I like to talk about that is not really game related, so to speak. Yeah. good win, good win.
2: Yeah, I, I don't have anything else.
0: Gotcha. So let's talk about um real quick the bowl eligibility thing. I had messaged um. Uh, the spokesperson, uh, a communications person from the Independence Bowl last week, because I just wanted to get a feel, right? Are they going to wait for Army if Army has five wins before the Navy game? And would they wait to see what the result of the Navy game was? Is there a waiver involved with the second win over an FCS team? And they basically told me that, you know, I guess they have the bowl selection show. I think it's the Sunday before the Navy Army Navy game, right, and that's when the the, the teams. Um, it's almost like the it's almost like uh, it's not like the selection show for the Final Four, but it's just like they they, they who's gonna make the New Year Six bowls? Who's gonna make the playoffs? The 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 the, the, the uh, national playoff games, right? Um, and from what he told me, he said, "Well, if Army is eligible at that moment, then we would love to have them play in the Independence Bowl." Well, Army is not going to be eligible, bowl eligible in that moment, right? They're not. Now, here's the here's the kicker. There's tons of bowl games out there. I've lost count, right? Is there 40 bowl games out there these days? I I, I can't. I only I I, 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 How many? I think there's 45 bowl
1: games now. I'm gonna I'm there gonna can't look it up. Be. I, I believe- think there maybe thir-
0: 35, but not 40. Well, no, I'm gonna look it up as we're talking. I'm pretty sure there is. Because here's the deal. If there's not enough bowl eligible teams, right, then bowls can accept the five five and seven teams. They could accept teams that did not reach the bowl eligible list. But I think it's based on a, a ranking system, so to speak. And I still think that Army with five wins and only four wins that count would be a little bit lower than that like does the independence bowl say hey there are a bowl tie in they have their their 5 and 6 going right now um because does the independence bowl take a 5 and 7 army team if they weren't able to you know beat navy would they take a 5 and 7 um army team with four wins over fbs teams I don't know. That's going to be interesting to watch. I would say that Army's hopes, uh, chances of playing in in a bowl game this year are very slim. That's just from what I've heard. Now, if that changes with the amount of teams, I mean, I should have done the math before I got here and said, hey, there are already X amount of teams bowl eligible. There's this amount of bowls. I used to do that when I was a beat writer, and I used to um, just been a busy weekend. Um, Yeah.
2: I, I yeah. did uh I did see somebody on Twitter today who was doing some of that math and I I forget the exact word he used, but he's basically he said it's like <laughs> it's not zero percent that army makes a poll, but it's probably less than one percent chance
0: that they make a bowl. There are forty-three bowl games this year. Uh she said, hey, how about Federico Daniels? What's forty two? She says there are forty-two bowl games. So that's eighty-fourteen. <laughs> That's eighty four teams. There's what one hundred and thirty or one hundred and
1: thirty one. One hundred and thirty. So how many? You know how many of those teams have winning records at this point? Remember, you do get to count one non-division one game. You know the uh, F- yeah. FCS team. Yeah. Miami has two, but um, you know
0: that tr- that's the uh, that Troy game becomes a real kick in the butt, right? Because that game was there, right? Yeah. That becomes a real kick in the butt. I mean, the Air Force game. I mean. Yeah, you know, but that Troy game was theirs. That Troy game game was theirs for the majority of, uh, uh, of, of the game. And that becomes maybe the difference in whether they make, make a bowl or not, because then at least you get to your six and five. And if you've, who knows, I still officially know if they've acquired a waiver or not for that second one uh, FCS game to count, because, you know, they were supposed to play Tennessee, Tennessee backed out, and they had to schedule somebody in that slot, but. Who knows? I mean, yeah, I think that I,
2: I, I wouldn't count on anything like that.
0: No, nah, I, I, you know, it, and, and of course, it's a year when they have a tie-in too—the the Independence Bowl tie-in, right? So, I mean, go figure.
1: So, uh, check this out: there's a bowl game called the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. Uh it's on um December seventeenth. It it uh, it matches up, and that this all can change, a Pac-12 team and a Mountain West team, the Jimmy Kimmel. La bowl, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, and, and too, really? I remember doing the bowl matchups. You know, back in the day, you know, back when Brendan, correct, correct me if I'm wrong. They had were having a really good season, right? And they were they were not going to be. It was um, it was a pandemic season. It was 2020, right? Where they weren't sure they were going to get into a bowl, and then what?
2: Then well, they this, got
0: into the. Lim- go ahead. So,
2: so what happened in 2020? They they hit six wins. And a representative from the Independence Bowl was at the game and basically said, like, here's your invitation. Fast forward to the end of the season, uh, whoever was supposed to play them, like, contractually backs out, oh, yeah. you know, because yeah. of COVID. And they That's can't right. find a replacement. And so they have to cancel the Independence Bowl. So what are, where did we go? where did we go so 2020? Went to, so they went to the Liberty Bowl? Liberty
0: Bowl. Yeah, Liberty Bowl. Which was which really
2: was good. Uh, yeah, and and you know, like I will I will always have a soft spot for West Virginia now just because they were
0: Neil Brown. Like, yep. They
2: were willing to get in the ring with the army when literally nobody else in the country wanted to. Right?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, that was well yep. we
1: no go we were we were nine and three with no bowl game to go to, and then something opened up. And we got to play Missouri in the Which bowl was that? Armed Forces.
2: Well, so they're so Army's Army's current contract, it's like a it's like a six year deal, and the even years, if they're eligible, they go to the Independence Bowl, which didn't work out in 2020, and probably isn't going to work out this year. Like they're just never going to go back to the Independence Bowl, apparently. Have you
1: ever been to Shreveport, Louisiana? I have.
2: (laughs) I've, I've never been to Louisiana. Period.
0: Yeah,
1: me either. Uh, me either we so, yeah. An interesting state. Shreveport is in the upper, upper, I guess, upper uh, west corner of of the, uh, the northwest yeah. corner of the state. And you know, it's whatever. It's not the it's not the best bowl destination. Of course, a lot of bowls. You have Boston and New York and and Detroit in the winter. Who wants to go there? But, um, yeah. but that that is. I, I'm I'm going to tell you right now. It, it, I I am positive. I am positive that at least one or two, five and seven teams. Will be offered bowl positions because they got to fill these spots.
2: They will. The, the The problem is the problem is apparently right now Army is like number five in in go, line for
0: APR. Go buy TV ratings. APR, right? It's APR. APR, How they determine yeah.
1: That? yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Go yeah. by TV ratings, and you know everybody wants Army because Army's a national team. You know the Army Navy game draws very well for TV. Granted, there's no competition, but there are other things that people, people want to watch. The Army Navy game; they, they feel it. I was talking to somebody yesterday. Um, you know, well, woman I went on a date with, um, and she had no idea that the guys, the Army Navy game, the Army Army Navy and Air Force and Coast Guard, and I guess the Merchant Marines. She thought these are a bunch of guys who are in the military and they get together and they. All
0: right. All
1: right, yeah, yeah. I have no idea, but, but but everybody, but everybody loves watching the Army Navy game and the you know Air Force too because That's it's a national team and they do they do well in ratings and ESPN only cares about making money and they're behind all of this as you know and um, you know, I, I think we have a ES- shot at five. I mean, ES- uh, ES- ESPN's and behind and a million. lot.
2: ESPN's behind a lot of it, but unfortunately, I think this yeah. is an NCAA rule. That we're hey, dealing um, with in terms of APR,
0: Brendan, do you know who the the teams ahead of Army are by any chance? Or no? No, no. The, okay, okay. It would be interesting no. to see who the teams if they're power, if they're power five teams by all means. But if they're like, you know, group of five teams, I don't know. We'll, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if I uh, make any bowl plans yet. We'll see how it unfolds. I mean, but like you say, slim to none. You know, me, but we'll see for
2: me, for me as a fan, especially. The way last year went, if they if they finish six and six by beating Navy, that's all I need. Like I I don't need a bowl game after that.
0: Very true. Very true. Much, much as I would love,
2: much as I would love the program to get you know another check, but just as a fan, like I don't need anything (laughs) else this season if they beat Navy.
0: What is APR? What does that mean? APR. It's um. Don't ask that question right A- now, Seth. I'm uh, not in any condition. rate. Uh- yeah, it's the academics, We should be at the top of academics. though. No? we're West Point. You're not. <laughs> you're not. It has nothing to do with how good your academics are at your university. It has it's to do with how you're doing something like with that, with your right? Your team. Yeah. 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 I don't really want. I don't really want to get into that. To be honest with you. What um, got in. Rutgers- Think about it. Rutgers went to a bowl
1: game last year, lost. I think they went went, went something pretty good, uh, and they finished the season five and eight. <laughs> so they went to a bowl yeah. game with their Yes, yes,
0: yeah. yeah, uh, you know. first five and eight. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I wanted to. I wanted to talk about. Sorry about that. I wanted to talk about the. We briefly mentioned it. About this is the last game for uh, Army football to be played in uh, way Mikey Stadium is currently configured right they're going to have the renovation that's supposed to start in the summer of 2023 and so you know in the second half of the game fourth quarter um i have a friend who has seats around the 40 yard line on the east stands that are getting knocked down and i was watching the game with him for the fourth quarter a little bit and he sent me a video um after the game of the alma mater being played from his seat and the last time he'll be sitting in um his, his seats on the 40 yard line. He's been sitting in the same seat since 1978, his family, you know, I mean, that goes way. Yeah. I mean, it goes way back. And, um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be certainly something different, right? Seth, you've had, you've had season tickets for a long time too. Um, I think you're on the, you're on the, you're on the home side of Mikey stadium,
1: right? 37 yard line on a uh, 36 yard line on the, uh, on the West side, uh, on, the, on the lower deck. Uh, I guess it's section 13, I think it is. And um, you know, when they moved the, the, the cadets from the west side to the east side for TV purposes, what right great move! Uh, they moved me from the west, from the east to to the west. I've had season tickets in my name since 1980, and my father had it in his name since the, the mid 1960s. Um, and you know, a, a continuous except for the four years I was in college. Um, so um, I'm I'm. Curious what yeah. they're gonna do. Uh because how many how many seats are there on the East Sands? What about ten thousand? Uh do we know maybe how many eight. seats there
0: are? Maybe eight? not even there's four thousand cadets. I say so take- well, four thousand cadets sit on that side too, right? And they, they make it to the fifty about, so I'd say about eight thousand yeah.
2: seats, maybe. Yeah, 7, 8,000 something like that. Okay, all right. Exactly. So they got yeah, so I mean
1: to get the cadets someplace for a couple of years uh and they gotta take
2: that's that's what i'm wondering like where because because once the new stands are well, built the cadets are not going in there i don't think no
0: i have um they're, they're gonna be I back I heard, something. Yes, I'm sorry. I, I heard something. no i thought i heard something where they're gonna bring in portable seats um for the uh, home side now, I don't know how that's going to work out because if you put portable se- seats along, I thought I heard something, and if I have it wrong, I apologize, but I thought I heard something with portable seats along the sidelines of the Army sidelines. Possibility, maybe portable, maybe portable seats along. No, because you couldn't put it on the East End sidelines because, obviously, you have the opponent there. There's not a a ton of room on the Army sidelines, right? I mean, there's some, but not a ton where you could fit portable seats. Uh, It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting how it goes. Another question. Where's the locker room going to be
1: for the opponent? (laughs)
0: Uh, Same thing, I believe, because they they go underneath the stadium, right, for the locker room. There's steps that lead underneath the stadium. They're knocking that whole thing down.
1: I'm sure they're rebuilding the locker Uh,
0: room. No, that's a good question. Worst comes to worst, maybe they'll use the lacrosse building's lockers, but I'm not sure how big that is. I mean, the lacrosse building that's in the – north side of the field where the scoreboard is maybe they'll do that that's a good question i don't know i guess that's the option i'm not sure that's something that maybe once the season's over maybe can talk to um maybe athletic director mike buddy about or just try to get a little bit of a feel what's going on but it's going to be a different mikey stadium and you know you kind of take it in a little bit when you're at the game seth you know what i was looking at the video that i shot of the um the uh the helicopter um the parachuter bringing in the army flag. Right. And you see the, um he stands in the background and you see Lusk Reservoir in the background. I'm like, this is the last time I'm going to be able to take a, a picture like this or see the stadium like this. And, you know, I'm not like you. I probably went to my first army game as a reporter in, I want to say 2002, maybe maybe 2000. So I don't have the history that you that you have. I mean, the press box was the old press box where the cannon went off and the ceiling pieces of the ceiling came down on you possibly when you were in the press box. But um,
2: <laughs> the stadiums
0: press box. <laughs> yeah, stadiums change. Yeah, I mean, things change, and I get you're trying to do this to put in what um, luxury boxes. Does luxury boxes bring in more money? I guess it does because that's why they're doing it. If the money that they're raising for this project to do this, I mean, they're doing it for a reason. And I, you know, I just feel for it's bittersweet to see the fans, especially people that I know that have been in the same seats sit for, man, I do the math uh, 40, 44 years, their families had seats. And, oh, uh, the seats. Oh, yeah. And now they're, and now, I mean, so I mean that game. There were some people were leaving during that game a little earlier, but I know that obviously my friend stuck there to the bitter to to the end, not the bitter end. He stuck there to the end, and um, we'll see. I mean, I wanted to bring it up because I did think that you know this is the Uh, last time we're going to see Mikey Stadium like that.
1: I am I am very concerned um, where my seats are going to go now. If I'm working with you, I'm in the press box. My kids. You haven't been told. You haven't been told yet. Haven't told us anything where what's going to happen. I don't think they know yet. I don't think they know what to do. Oh, okay. You know, you know okay. what happens if they decide to move the cadets back to where you know where they used to be, where it's where I am. I have a picture right <laughs> on my wall from 1955 of the seats of the cadets there and the band behind them. And I'm sitting in those seats now when I you know when I go to the game. It's on my wall here. And um, you know the, the I don't know whether they're going to bring them back. I mean, you got to you got to give them decent seats. You know, or do they put them all up in the upper deck? Maybe, you know, and put put all the cadets in the upper I deck, was... or do they put us in the upper deck? <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know what they're going to do. It's two years. I wish it was only one. You know, I wish they started construction tomorrow. You know, I really do. I mean, start knocking the thing down tomorrow. But Sal says they don't have enough money yet. But you know, if you, you know, can't they get this done in one, you know, one and a half years? You know, start working December step. Yeah, I don't know. And you know with- what?
0: Twenty-four. I, 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 I will say this: um, just an idea, and I doubt—I don't think it's going to come true. But you have the south stands, where usually the opposing team has tickets to that section, right? The in the south stands, maybe you put the cadets there. I mean, the army locker rooms right there.
2: Maybe.
0: I mean, you maybe. I don't know. We'll we'll see, but that's still
1: not enough. It's still not enough space. I have sat all over Mikey Stadium for various reasons. Even though I had season tickets, uh, I've sat all over the stadium. I will tell you this. You do not want to sit in the first three or four rows in that stadium anywhere, especially on the south, north, and west side. East side's a little bit better. Um, And uh, because you can't – people are walking in front of you constantly. The the players – uh, the sidelines block your view. You do not want to sit there throughout the whole stadium, and you do not want to sit in the end zone at, at West Point. The seats are low. You can't see what's going on down, you know, past the forty-yard line, and uh, you, you just don't want to sit there. Trust me. So now suddenly somebody is going to be sitting there because you know, uh, where, where is that from going from where are we hold now, 39,000? it's going down to thirty thousand. Okay, and. Of those thirty thousand, you got four thousand cadets plus some other people. You got five thousand people automatically are going to be there, and you know in two years sure with the we got we got Boston College coming in next year. They 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 travel really well. I mean, yeah. I, they're not good this year, and maybe it may not be good next year. So maybe it'll be less. And then you got then you got Syracuse coming in in two years. And they traveled, you know, there's a lot of, I'm a Syracuse grad, as you guys know. There's a lot of Syracuse grads in this area. And, you know, if if they're a decent team, people are going to want to go up there and see them play. And they, yeah. they, they, hey, UConn brought their fans yesterday. You talk about, you know, we had 31,000. We had 31,000 nice. 31, there. I bet you six or 7,000 were UConn fans in the end zone and their band and their band and 30 cheerleaders. <laughs> you know, they had a full. Yeah, four. that was. Yeah, the full band there, and then on the on the on the east stands, um, you know there were. It seemed to me that um, uh, you know, I I it seemed to me that that most of the fans on the east side, besides the the, the core, were UConn fans.
0: I mean, I, yeah. I'm not sure of that, but it seemed that way. You know what? I was um, I saw something on uh, social media maybe last week or something where I think Air Force Stadium is also getting a renovation too, or they're doing something to Air. For yeah, the stadium too. well, that's why so I don't know if this was like, hey, but Army's been trying to do this for a while. I would say that this probably started in this idea probably started around 2018. I could be wrong. I mean, it's it a couple of years before the pandemic. I, I'm pretty sure that this idea of a renovation started for the um the stadium and it's just taken yeah. a while to get the money the, the, the amount of money funded and I think they've adjusted the cost of the of the project and it's like um, at some point you either got to do it or you got you got to do it you know if you got the I, money raised eventually you have to so
1: I was told when they made the deal with Oklahoma that Oklahoma said uh, they would come in but they never, come, because they wanted to come to the East Coast and they wanted to play at the a, a service academy and everybody was real big. I can't tell you how many people from Oklahoma contacted me in 2020, people I know saying, hey, you have extra tickets for the game? But um, I was told that uh, some of these schools do not want to play at West Point with this, with, unless the stadium capacity is at least 50K. And I understand, uh-huh. I understand, no, I understand it's going to be 50K. With, I understand that the the new stadium, will, the capacity will go for, go to fifty k. They're adding on ten thousand more seats.
0: Where where are they adding ten thousand seats? They're yeah. going down in capacity, Seth. They're not going up. Yeah, in they're
2: capacity. they're going down. The oh,
0: it's going to fifty thousand. They're having these luxury boxes. They're having these luxury boxes that are taking away seats. They're right, not adding seats. I, I'm going to look you that up. fifty thousand seats at Mikey Stadium. No way, Seth. No way.
1: that's what I heard.
0: I don't, okay, know. I don't you think heard. so, don't what think what so dude. I'll look up. I'll look up their their press release. But I don't know if they mentioned their most recent press release. But everything I heard was capacity was going down, not up. I don't know, right, Brendan? Have you heard anything?
2: Yeah, from from what I understand, the the whole the whole point of the the renovation project is so that they can put in uh, luxury suites, and the idea is that those those tickets will basically uh generate as much revenue as like an average game day now uh yeah. you know with 30,000 people going
0: um yeah so, i think it's going to be yeah. about 30,000 capacity i think between 30 and 32 maybe i i could be wrong that's what i heard originally this is what i heard originally when the when they first were announcing the project could set that could things have changed but 50k man that's where I, I am that i am means, I'm looking it up that right that means now. that means the east stands would have 20,000 seats no no, no. Uh, I, I don't think so man i don't and, think so you know
2: it's like i i totally i totally get the idea of um wanting to ha- like wanting to offer like a more premium experience like i, I can i can totally understand that and if it's actually going to generate more revenue I, that's even more understandable, but, you uh, know, is it going to fix parking on post?
0: Oh, you know, I mean, I, anybody, anybody,
2: I who went to the, anybody who went to the wake forest game last year, it's like, they can't handle 38,000. So I don't know.
0: Yeah. I don't well, think, I don't think so. I don't think 50 K is where they're going, but I could be wrong. I think those games where they're playing like a Boston college in Syracuse, when your stadium's under construction, that really, uh, Yells out, play at a neutral site, and I thought I was told that they're not gonna, they might not do that. So, I mean, Boston College Army at MetLife, Boston College, I mean Army Syracuse at MetLife. I don't know. I don't think no draw at
1: MetLife. Syracuse plays Notre Dame at MetLife, and they only they weren't filled up. I mean, it, you know, Syracuse Penn State, yeah. think they weren't filled up. You think they're? They, I'm looking it up right now. Oh, so let me, so let me ask the question now. Okay. Where's your oh, friend? Where he stands. Where's that guy, you know, where's that guy when this new stadium is go, is done, where's he going? Where are they going to put all of I, us who spent
0: yeah, a lot I of think, money? So, he, so if it's geographically, right. And you're looking at the stadium, I think it's something to the point where they would be like in the Northwest kind of area, like where, you know, um, between basically the army team and the scoreboard, somewhere in between there, they would they be great. those are not great seats. I'm I don't know, I don't know, maybe I'm not even sure. Okay. So, um, if you're, you're this you're, is yeah. all like stuff that I heard, this, this is stuff that I've heard, not necessarily from my, my friend. This is stuff that I've heard, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. Now. Yeah, because now you got me very interested because if,
1: if they're cutting this the capacity down by five, six, seven thousand. Well, you know they can't cut it down that by, by that much because they're leaving thirty thousand seats alone. So, I mean, I, my my guess is at a minimum it'll be the same size, you know, as as the previous day. We I mean, might have more people in the boxes, but at a minimum, maybe be thir-
0: maybe thirty five tops. I think maybe thirty five tops. Yeah, maybe. I, maybe I could be wrong. I could be wrong. We'll see. Um, man, we spent a lot of time talking about that, but it's it's a good subject to talk about. Maybe we can. Maybe I could. We could back it up with some uh facts and numbers and you know more information later on so to speak um you know what i want to talk to you a little bit we're going to wrap this up in a little bit i want to talk about the response i got from people I, I i managed to get to a couple tailgates um on saturday it's something that i want to do a lot this season just to to spread the word about black knight nation what we're doing around here and just you'll know, see people that you know there's a lot of people that i correspond with um through um, messages, emails, or whatever that follow us that I would like to, like, put a face with, you know. So I was uh, getting lost in the parking lots of West Point on on Saturday, and I bumped into a tailgate that had an 84 grad there. And um, he's an 84 grad who was at the Tennessee – 85 probably No, class 84 I thought he said he said he was at the Tennessee game that Nate Sassaman was talking about the game that they tied and um he he mentioned the he mentioned listening to her podcast and told and and uh, how great it was having Nate Sassaman on and uh, his stories and stuff and how he lived through that time that Nate Sassaman was talking about. And just to bump into people like that, um, I was walking up the stands to my friend's seat and coming down was a guy saying, Sal, I love your guy's podcast, right? Seth, you're a celebrity. People are stopping you at Mikey Stadium saying you're the guy on these recap podcasts, right? Uh So it's just really (laughs) You got a story with that one or no?
1: No, it just happened to me yesterday. I was walking down to the press conference, and some guy stopped me. You know, asked me a question or two, and he said, "You know, hey, you're the guy from the uh, the podcast. How you doing?" Blah blah blah. And I'm,
0: like, oh, and I'm like, I was embarrassed to be honest with you. <laughs> embarrassed, you're a celebrity, Seth. That's are celebrity, celebrity yeah. status. <laughs> it's just really great that you know, you know we we work hard here to try to provide you the coverage that we can. I mean with the time that we we have dedicated and it's really great to hear from black knight nation when we're at football games to say hey we're just we're just trying to um provide coverage for we know the seth and brendan we know how passionate this fan base is right we know how passionate you know how much pride this fan base has for the program and it's good to hear um when you're when you're at the games and uh i wish we had some black knight nation shirts to pass out to people just to you know to uh, express how, how, how grateful we are for people that are following us. And, um, you know, we, we have a lot to thank with higher echelon and Joe Ross for keeping us going here. Uh, we really are trying to get some, you know, bring people things that they can't really get elsewhere. And we're, we're doing that a little bit with these podcast recaps. We're doing it with these, with these interviews with former players. We're doing it with the, um, maybe some interviews here and there when we're at games and, um, you know, it, it's it's really um just, it was just really good to um see that, you know, just have your work being noticed and just the respect people have for you and um guys bumping into you. Uh, hey, I think I met you like five years ago and stuff. That I'm like, I, I I'm not very good with names and faces, you know. So and I did see um. Yeah, I did see Caleb Campbell. I was walking aimlessly through a parking lot where I was probably two feet away from the tailgate I was supposed to be at, but did the Grand Circle uh, route to get there. And uh, Caleb Campbell, um, the last Army football draft pick, um, yelled for yelled at me, Sal, Sal. I'm like, oh, it, it, it's Caleb, and we talked for a couple minutes. Caleb was on this podcast as a guest. Guys, if you, and I, I was mentioning it to the Army fans I was talking to, um, at the tailgates. If you um have time. And you can search our YouTube channel, Caleb Campbell, black Knight nation podcast. That's one of our best podcasts that we've ever done. Caleb opened up about a lot of things about the pressures of being the guy who was going to be the next army football player in the pros, man. It's a really powerful podcast. If you listen to that, that is one of the best that we have. If you have a little bit of an hour or two to spare, if you're doing stuff around the house, if you're at work and you're bored, um, Caleb Campbell podcast is one of our best. And, uh, it was great to see Kale back, uh, for just a brief time uh, before the game. So, um, man, that's that's really all uh, all I have for. I just want to say, you do a great yeah. job. You
1: know, I before I got involved with you, I, I came to the site and, and read up about the you know, recruits and, and the games and stuff like that. And I, um, um, uh, I I'm proudly part of this team, and it, it's a lot of fun. And it's, you know, meeting the players and getting to know these kids and to see what quality human beings they are and the coaching staff. And, you know, I got to tell you, I didn't know Munkin at all before, you know, before I started, got involved with you. And I liked the guy, you know, I didn't like him so much before I met him, you know, of course I didn't get you to know, love everything he did, but, you know, he cares so much about this program and kudos to him and his staff. And, you know, and, and, and you know, listen, he thinks he's doing the right thing. Sometimes it doesn't work out, but, you know, you do a great job. I'm glad to be part of this team. And, you know, uh, you know, I, th- I just think we got to let more people know about what we're doing and uh, and they'll come to it because we're the best source out there for uh, for Army sports. Um, and, uh, you know, and we care. All three of us care. Steve cares. The other Steve cares. And, you know, we want to do the right thing. We, we cover every game, every, co- every every game, home and away. Um, you know, we're involved with the program. You know, not everybody. Yeah. that. So good job.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a shout out to the collaborating we collaborated with steve krabi of crawdad countdown for kickoff we collaborate with the as for football guys uh dan james and uh jordan we collaborated with um connor crean of, of barstool sports i mean just having different voices on here right brendan's been great to provide a little bit of a, the fan perspective on this team and um Man, I had something else to say, but forgot what I was I forgot what I was gonna say just about like what what we do and uh, I didn't, oh I wanted to talk about Munkin real quick because Seth, the, the the time we got with him after the press conference is not something that he had to do after Saturday's game. There's recruits on campus, and there was a recruit that after the game that I'm writing about right now that after his visit went up to um went up to Munkin's office and gave him his commitment. He said that the the first time he walked into Mikey Stadium. Yet on Saturday, he was there for a game visit. He knew that Army was the place for him. It's Brody Eaton. You can check out that story up on our website very soon about Brody Eaton, the Pennsylvania tight end. Just to hear Monk and talk about the seniors, right? Because we we went over a little bit about DeAndre Tobias. We went, He he mentioned Cole Catterbone. He mentioned Kobina Bonsu and what these guys have been through in their time here. Tyre Tyler, he basically went through most of the senior class and had, you know, really great things to say about them after the game and um you know just the fact that he, he's he gave us the time after that when he didn't really have to just to talk to us and appreciate that we were at the game right covering the game too um that's not something that you get from most um you know division one coaches fbs coaches that's not something that you get at mikey stadium i remember a time when i was covering the team um one of the last years I was covering the team for the newspaper and I saw Jeff at a uh, O'Neill lacrosse game. His daughter was playing for the O'Neill, um, uh lacrosse team and I talked to him just for a couple minutes. I mean, that was his time. That was his kind of family time. I didn't want to bother him too much, but we talked for a couple minutes and you realize just how important like the bonds are between him and his family's important to him. The brotherhood's important to him. Yeah. He likes to win too, right? But I mean he the people that he's producing for the army, um, the former the former players that are out there serving, guys like um Ray Wright and J D Moat, who um I think it was last year at that Afghanistan, Afghanistan air airport situation that they're getting people out of the airport to safety. I mean, these are just special people. And I always said Seth and Brendan, I don't know if you can echo this, when I'm allowed through the gates of West Point and they let me cover the football team during my beat writing days and they let me cover the games and I'm allowed on the field during pregame to take my videos and post on my our social medias it's an honor and a privilege privilege that I don't take lightly and that's why I try to do, that's why we try to do here our mission here is to do the very best we can do with the time we have to cover this team, to cover the sports, I think we need to do a little bit more with the other sports. I'm hoping we had the wrestling coach Kevin Ward on um, on a podcast before his season started. We'd like to get the other sports involved a little bit more here if time allows, and um, that's why Seth, you may play a big role in that too if if you if you want to. So we're just. Okay. I, I just want to say
1: that I mean. Well, let, let me just say that I come from a semi-military family. My my dad and my uncle were uh, in World War II. My uncle was a, was, was an officer. They're both officers. My uncle was a big shot officer in the Pacific uh, Army. Both of them Army, and you know, I, I, my kids make fun of me that that you know, my kids are big sports nuts. You know, why do I root for Army so much? As so many other teams, Penn State, you know, you know, in the area, it's even you know, our, all three of us went to Syracuse. Uh, not a great program, but you know, better. Um, and I said, I root for Army because of what these kids do, you know, that, that they go to West Point. It's a tough school. It's a great academic school. They come out and they become, in many cases, uh, they become leaders. They become leaders of our military and they get involved in, you know, after the military careers are over, they become leaders of the industrial world and the political world. You know, so many of our presidents have been have been West Point graduates, certainly our generals. We all know that. And the same goes for the Naval Academy, and the Air Force Academy and even Coast Guard. Um, you know, and that's why I, I love it so much. We're always the underdog in, in, in almost every case where, you know, we're, the, the team is smaller, uh, you know, the, you're not getting the best recruits that other schools are getting because of various reasons. We've talked about before. I'm just proud to be there. And um, I'm proud of these kids. I love to see them win. Um, you know, you guys see my, my my memorabilia back here. I have West Point things all over my house, in my basement uh, where, you know, we kind of, it's kind of fun in my, in my room here. I'm very proud to be involved with with Army as a fan and now it's uh, somebody covering them. And, um, you know, give Monken credit, you know, the guys, you know, in my book, he's A1 because he he really cares about his kids and uh, his, his his football players and the academy. Uh, he may not be here forever. He may go on to you know Greener Pastures one day. Um, but wh- while he's here, he really cares. And, uh, you know, I, I'm impressed with that. So I'm glad to be part of this team and glad to be part of helping to promote West Point football and West Point sports.
0: We have to do an M- MTV Cribs on Seth's uh, collection. Brendan. We have to do an <laughs> MTV Cribs. <laughs> I don't know
1: what that is. I'm too old for that. What's an MTV an MTV Quick crimson?
0: Bring that back in just a video and you can describe every memorabilia that you have in your house on army on army you know you can Three just years, give us that. Years in the making guys. This is uh Oh my god. Oh lord. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey a hey, real real quick just a quick promos and we'll get out of here um uh set talking about, you know, the guys who have served That I was talking about the guys who served at army you know in the army and had successful careers afterwards or just the stories that they've shared. If you check our Black Knight Nation podcast out and you look up Greg Gadsden, I mean, that's a guy who I mean just has an incredible story. You look up a guy like Seth Neiman, another guy with an incredible story. We've had these guys on our podcast this year. Um there's a lot of good history and stories in our archives that we had, um, even Jody Glore going back into this, the sixties teams. I mean Check it out, guys. I mean, if you're if you're fans of the program, we're gonna get some more guests on, I promise you, down the road, um, former army players and um we're gonna have some good stories to tell. I'm working on getting Clay Daniels on the on the um podcast very soon. Um, that's a name that some people are familiar with too. So, um, hopefully we can get Clay Daniels on the podcast, maybe, uh, within the next week or two. And he's, he's, he played safety for army. Um, I believe in the early two thousands and has a pretty, uh, pretty decorated military career too. Uh, a guy who, um, the guy before me who covered the army football team, Justin Rodriguez uh, and he, Kevin Gleason, those guys who covered the team before me and set the, precedent at the newspaper um really uh we're pretty uh had a lot really a lot of great things about clay daniels so hopefully we'll get clay daniels on and if you guys have any suggestions for who you would like to see on our podcast you can um if you're on twitter at sal interdonado you can uh right there right here um, you can uh, message me, my my DMs are always open, or you can send me an email at salinterdenato at gmail, and we'll do our best to get guys from uh, Army History, I know Rolly Stitchway is a guy we like to get on here, Seth, um, see if we can make contact with him down the road, I mean, there's just, this, his, this program has so much history, and so much story, I mean, you could write books, and books, and books on what the people that have been through this program and their stories. And that's what we try to do. We try to let them tell their stories and try to, um, you know, dig in a little bit to the army history, as well as provide the best, anal- you know, analytics analysis um, that we can, that we can do. So, um, man, I appreciate um, you guys hanging out with us for over an hour here. I'd say one thing right. about Fred Johnson. I saw him play back in the eighties
1: and uh, he was a fantastic football player. And, you know, of course we all know what happened, his injuries and, uh he has come back he's a motivational speaker he's a great american he's a great american hero and he's the reason among many other reasons many other stories that people like me who have really no attachment to the to the military academy outside of growing up 20 miles south of it um uh why i've developed such a love for for this place and uh boy i mean I wish that guy the best and he, he, he is, he's, that's, that's an American hero. That's, that's what we should, we should, we should all aspire to his, his, the way this man thinks and, and how he looks forward and all he's done. Um, and um, that's why I'm a fan, you know, because I no like Greg Godson. No doubt. Well, we'll,
0: we'll wrap this up. Uh, this podcast up. We thank Seth Mendelson of Black Knight Nation and Brendan in Jersey for joining us. Again, You guys, we've already got the plugs out. Check Black Knight Nation website out. Going to have a bunch of recruiting stories this week coming up. Big recruiting weekend for Army. It was their last home game, so it was the last time recruits can get to see a game at Mikey Stadium this year. And like I said, Brody Eaton, a a Pennsylvania tight end uh, committed on Saturday. We're going to have that story up really really quick. Jabil Williams' story up on our website. Seth's game story up on our website. Um, Brendan down the road if you want to write any pieces on for our site you're welcome to do so uh just what, what uh, kind of a free open invitation to write write for write for us on your you know whatever whatever yeah. you like to write about to be honest I, with I, I, yeah I might
2: I might, have, I might have one or two ideas in the wings one thing I want to say though when we're probably a couple of weeks away but I want to get my prediction on the record uh, because I successfully predicted last year's uh Special uniforms for Army for the Navy game. I'm going to guess that they honor the 101st Airborne Division because it's their 80th anniversary this year.
0: Okay. Gotcha. I, th- I, thought I saw something on social media just now about Navy revealing their jerseys tomorrow, possibly. They might be revealing their Army-Navy jerseys tomorrow. So we'll see if um, Army comes out with their jerseys. I think Army will likely come out with their jerseys the the you know, after the UMass game, I think yeah, definitely the after UMass,
1: yeah, yeah. Who's, I don't think who's they're who's, gonna who's who wears white this year?
0: Who's the uh, uh, that's a good question, man. That's uh, a good
2: question. I so army army wore like tan last year, so yeah, probably, so I think, little... I think Navy, I think Navy's in the lighter colors this year, yeah, okay, yeah.
1: I gotta tell yeah, you that it was army wearing those white uniforms in the snow a few years back. I don't remember what year. No, was. Oh, it, was, yeah.
2: it was never
0: better than that. Unbelievable! Yeah. Unbelievable! Yeah. Unbelievable. Man, that's that's a game that we had John Voigt on our podcast talking about that game. Uh, Ahmad Bradshaw's been on our podcast talking about that game. That's that goes down as one of the best in recent army history and uh we'll have plenty of more stories to tell um yeah great pointing out the jerseys brendan um that's something that you know we'll really look forward to in the next week yeah we got umass coming up i already see army is a 19 and a half point favorite at umass on saturday yeah. noon kickoff i think it's on espn plus the game um i'm not sure if we're going to make it up to umass for the game but we'll definitely have coverage uh on uh, black knight nation uh of the game, and let's see if Army can get to get another win, get to five and six, and uh work to the being the 500 for the season. We thank everybody watching tonight. Um, Seth and Brendan appreciate you coming on, and well, uh, we'll talk to you guys very soon. You. Thank you, guys.
2: See ya.